Hello everyone, welcome to the Yukon Internal Medicine Ambulatory Podcast Series. In this podcast, we will talk about the importance of occupational and environmental medicine in the primary care setting. We will focus on history taking for both occupational and environmental factors and what are their effects on the health of our patients. First, let's discuss some definitions. Occupational medicine is the branch of medicine dealing with the prevention and treatment of job-related injuries and illnesses. It not only covers a job activity particularly, but rather all activities that we participate in and their effects on our health. For example, if a truck driver presents to the office with back pain, one of the differential diagnoses would be an occupational injury. Environmental medicine is the medical branch that studies the effects of environmental factors on an individual's physical, mental, and emotional responses to those inputs. The goal of this podcast is to describe how we can use our history to identify these occupational or environmental factors that could be contributing to a particular risk or condition suffered by our patients. Let's move on to the occupational and environmental history. The very first question is straightforward and involves asking the patient about their occupation. However, there are a few things to consider. It is important to ask questions in an open-ended manner. For example, we could ask, what kind of work do you do? Or, what kind of activities do you perform at your work? If you think about these questions, we are not only asking about the title of their job, for example, a teacher, but rather asking about the kind of activities done by the patient. This approach most likely requires a broader explanation from them, particularly when their occupation is not as familiar to us as providers. Furthermore, it is extremely important not to forget to ask about all the occupational exposures our, our patients have had in the past. That means previous jobs and previous activities. For example, if a teacher started working a year ago as a teacher, but was a construction worker for the past 30 years, we may find a correlation between musculoskeletal complaints and the previous job rather than the new one. To help us take an occupational history, a great approach can be using a two-step process. First, using an occupational history screening questionnaire. This can include questions such as, are your symptoms better or worse when you are at home? Are you now or have you previously been exposed to dust, fumes, chemicals, radiation, or loud noise at your workplace or anywhere else? Do you think your health problems are related to your work? Second, if the screening questionnaire is positive, we move on to more comprehensive questionnaires or tools to better assess those exposures. It is helpful to create a timeline of occupations and a clinical feature we believe may be related to that occupation. For example, if a patient has back pain that started before a high-risk job was initiated, we could consider that the job is not necessarily the cause of the problem. However, that occupation or exposure could become a trigger or exacerbating factor for certain complaints regardless. When workers refer that their peers suffer similar health issues, we should suspect an occupational risk exposure to be investigated. As you can see, keeping an open mind and investigating the situations are crucial steps. The workplace is key in the process as well. Asking about the potential exposures to multiple factors is vital. Furthermore, depending on the occupation, asking about personal protective equipment, noise, 
dust and other exposures can help us understand a broader issue that could expand to more than one individual. Most workplaces have control and safety measures and having those processes in place can be extremely beneficial to prevent occupational lesions. Another consideration is to think about the patient as a whole. Yes, it is true that patients spend a significant amount of time at work. However, their hobbies and activities outside of work are also relevant as well. Now, let's shift a little towards environmental medicine and things that healthcare providers should consider. First, what are the PFAS or polyfluoroalkyl substances and how do they affect the health of our patients? PFAS are a family of more than 4,000 synthetic chemicals that contain a fully or partially fluorinated carbon chain. PFAS are widely used and have both commercial and industrial application. For example, they are used in firefighting foams, aerospace construction, building and construction in general, electronics, and other fields. They are also present in food, and they are used to prevent them from sticking to cookware. They can be also present in fish when they are raised in PFAS contaminated waters. We can find them in food packaging and many other sources as well. The primary pathway of PFAS exposure is ingestion. PFAS are very resistant to degradation and they are widely present in the environment. What are the risks of exposure to PFAS? The degree of exposure in both quantity and time determines their potential toxicity. The C8 health study showed an association between PFAS with six diseases. The study used the PFOA, which is a type of PFAS. There were six diseases, as mentioned before, that were related to PFOA, which are dyslipidemia, ulcerative colitis, thyroid toxicity, testicular cancer, renal cancer, preeclampsia, and gestational hypertension. Less is known of the health effects in populations with lower exposure levels. Research regarding the effects of PFAS chemicals is ongoing. There is no current established blood level of PFAS at which a health risk is expected or a level that predicts health problems is identified. Here are some examples of environmental and occupational causes of medical problems. Certain dermatoses, such as allergic or irritant dermatitis, can be caused by metals such as chromium or nickel, fibrous glass, solvents, caustic alkali, and soaps. Usually we get exposure from them by electroplanting, metal cleaning, plastics, machining, leather tanning, housekeeping. Headaches can be caused by the exposure to solvents or carbon monoxide. We can get exposed to carbon monoxide and solvents in automobile exhaust, wood finishing, dry cleaning, and firefighting. Lead, mercury, and carbon disulfide can cause acute psychosis, and this can happen when you remove paint from old houses, when using fungicides, wood preserving, and viscous rain industry. Lead poisoning, as we all know, can cause abdominal pain, Usually we get exposures to lead by manipulating battery making, enameling, smelting, painting, welding, ceramics, and plumbing. 
Hepatitis can also be caused by halogenated hydrocarbons such as carbon tetrachloride used in solvents, lacquer use, or hospital workers. There may be some latent or long-term effects such as chronic dyspnea and pulmonary fibrosis, for example, when we are exposed to certain substances such as asbestos, silica, beryllium, coal, aluminum. Occupations that are related to that will be mining, insulation, pipe fitting, sandblasting, quarrying, metal alloy work, electrical parts, foundry work. There are some risk factors for lung cancer such as asbestos, arsenic, nickel, uranium, coke oven emissions. Activities that can cause that risk include insulation, pipe fitting, smelting, coke ovens, shipyard workers, nickel refining, and uranium mining. The list is long and there are several things that we need to consider and keep in mind when we are doing our histories for both occupational as well as environmental exposures. Finally, important resources that we can use for environmental contaminants and exposures include the Agency for Toxic Substances and Disease Registry, ATSDR, the Department of Health and Human Services, and the American College of Occupational and Environmental Medicine. Thank you for tuning in. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Please follow us in Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. We will see you next week. Goodbye.